With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They dare to do, and the Lily Whites are going to score on you. They're no angels, but this season, Harry and the boys are going for gold. From White Hart Lane to Wembley, Spurs will always be North London's finest. It's the Tottenham Hotspurs fans show on Love Sport. Yeah, we just had story time with Lee McQueen. I'm back, baby. Yeah, good to have you back, mate. Lee McQueen's in the building. You're His back last as well. word. I am back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Last word on Spurs and pa- producer Paddy outside. Oh. Like me too. Paddy's back. It's Everybody's like pe- back. People will start talking. And Jamie's, Jamie's back. back. Oh. Is, that, is that Jamie from Daily Ops? Jamie from Daily Ops. Jamie from Daily Ops. Jason's dropped. Hotspur. Where's he gone? He's been squad rotated. Squad. He's only fit for the Carabao Cup. He's listening to like you, Jace. <laughs> Jace we're nursing him. We're nursing him back. Ricky, in. Ricky this we're is telephone, not, mate. This this ain't telephone. It's radio. Yeah, you, he can't hear you. Go, well, he, can. he can. He's not going to respond. You going? Yeah, Ricky, I'm here listening, mate. <laughs> we're nursing him back in, Aaron. Look, oh. Like, by the way, we're nursing you back in from your exploits in Dubai. You know what I mean? What exploits, mate. Well, I don't know, mate. I don't know. Off air, we just uh, okay. <laughs> we move on, shall we? Yeah, we shall. <laughs> uh, joining me this evening, the chaps from Last Word on Spurs. You got Ricky Sachs. Hello, hello. It's been wined and dined by his missus. Happy birthday for the other week. Thank Ricky. you. Thank Happy you. Happy birthday. I mean, just what a fine, fine what a fine young gentleman he is. He's the top boy, isn't he? He is. He's a man. 
Uh, we've got the absolute deviant that is Lee McQueen. Sweet. After your after Hello, your uh, after your dancing last week, I had sugar wanted a refund. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll tell you what, it was sweet. Yeah, it was. But it that was, was well. The dancing on social media. I mean, you never know. We might queen. see a bit more this week. You might never do, know. Right, uh, and um, and yeah, Jamie from Daily Oxpers yep. popped up as well. Indeed. You know, just pops up now and then. Yeah, loves it. Exactly. Up. More frequent. Um, yeah, he's exactly. got to give. He's got to give some proper balance, isn't it? So, yep. to my antics, Jamie comes in and makes it, you know, just a little bit more <laughs> serious to show, you know, rather than me like, you know, you we've go. got to get some balance with Jamie, some some quality from Jamie. You know what I mean? Thank yeah. You. Um, of course, it's International Week. Everyone enjoying themselves. Everyone having fun, fun, fun. I'm ready for Spurs. I'm ready to oh, return. I'm ready for Tottenham to return. Yeah, we'll keep you up to date with uh, some of the fixtures. Uh, they're out there this evening. Scotland taking on Israel. Montenegro versus Romania. Serbia versus Lithuania. Portugal, Poland, Sweden, Russia. And uh, Wales are in Albania tonight as well in their Europa and their Europa League. In their UEFA Nations League uh, uh, fixtures. Of course, England have qualified for the semi finals of the Nations League. Never uh, in Portugal, doubt. Switzerland, Holland, and England will compete for the uh, the inaugural competition. I'm still not sure what they actually win if there's a trophy or if it's like the Intertoto Cup it's where Bel- you get a certificate. Belgium, a Belgium night. No. No. no, no. What happened? No. Yeah, We're coming on to that. We've got to speak about that. Relegated oh, yeah. out of Group B, seventy-two. Really? That was oh, a typical Spurs like throwaway free, performance, wasn't I it? I thought yeah. they played three-one for you. They got into no, a fourth game. No. They lost. Oh, they lost to Switzerland, didn't they? Heavily wow. five-two. So and Switzerland won. No Yamba That was it. No Yamba Tongan, I bet. Um, Obviously, he's injured. Yeah, who, who's enjoying themselves? Who's enjoying the Nations League? I mean, we've had a bit of chat about it. Uh, a lot of people turning around and saying that it's brought back a bit of meaning to pointless friendlies. It's given them just something to look forward to during the international breaks rather than, you know, those really, really, really dull, dross-like friendlies. Um, what, what's your take? Can't be honest. When the Spurs players play well, I'm happy. Um, you know, Aaron... A lot of times I've said this to you, I'm club over country. I make no bones about it. I just love seeing the Spurs players doing well and seeing Harry Kane scoring. Obviously, it's a great thing. Dele Alli scoring as well. And I think overall, it's been it's been a positive tournament for the England boys. Um, obviously, I know we've had the disappointments in terms of obviously Belgium and France dropping out in really, really dramatic fashion. But from an England perspective, I think you've got to say credit to Southgate. You really have because, again, we always link it back to Pochettino. It's the same kind of methodology. Young manager believes in a group and what he's done there with this England contingent is he's removed the shackles of the fear of playing for England and you saw when they went behind against Croatia there wasn't this fear in terms of you know wondering what they're going to do when they're 1-0 down they believe they stick to their philosophy the same way Pochettino does you know when you're when you're behind mm-hmm. you play your way back into the game it's forward passing it's not sideways and full credit to them I think the way they responded and of course Harry Kane listen he's our man one of our own I just hope the nation now out there Spurs supporters, we know, they know already how special Harry Kane is, but I think the rest of the nation are seeing just mm. what this guy does. And there was a tweet that we put out on last one on Spurs when England equalised. There was Kane literally pumping the squad, saying, yeah. come on, we're going to get one more. Yeah, it was a good image, wasn't it? was indeed. Yeah. And what about Kane? I mean, um, you know, I've seen some posts where, where a couple of pundits, and he's an air quotes pundit, have turned around and said he, he's not world, world, world class as people... <laughs> Phoning up various radio stations <laughs> and whatnot. There's there's all uh, sorts of all sorts of rubbish coming out. But Gary Southgate has described Are you here a week? Are you here a week? Yeah, I am. He's described him as the best goal scorer in the world. I I sort of 
I'd find it hard to disagree with that. I think he's up there with you know the when, the top top boys. When, um, you, when you look at him at the number nines that that, that 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 are around the world, when you've got you know you've got your you, you, um, you know your uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's and your Messi's and so on and so forth, they're not your number nines, are they? So when right. you're looking at Harry Kane and comparing them to them two, it's kind of a, yep. a not really a good comparison, is it, James? You know what I mean? But when you're looking at number nines. Who else is better than Harry Kane? Every exactly. year, year on year, I think he scored 25, was it 20, 21, 25, 29, 30 Premier League goals in four seasons. Two golden boots, a golden boot in the World Cup. I mean, hello, golden boot in the World Cup. He's scoring goals at, at any type of level. Uh, he's scored more goals in a quicker turnaround in, in terms of appearances for England, I think, now than than any other um, England player other than maybe Shearer. I can't, I don't, don't quote me on that. I don't know if you'll be able to tell me that, Jamie, or not. But I mean, it's absolutely incredible stats. 30 games, 20 England goals. I mean, he's going to break all records, isn't he, Jamie? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the weird thing is that you'd say that the better he does, the more he seems to get criticised. I'm having arguments <laughs> of, is he on the same level of the like, likes of Hazard, which is just ridiculous because he, <laughs> in 2017, you know, he, he, was, he had outscored Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. These are two players ridiculous, isn't it? that um, just, you know, you'd never think that players should be touching. But, and Harry Kane is reaching that sort of level. And it's just, yeah, I, I, it's beyond me why he gets criticised so much. What, what I find, uh, I don't know, kind of torn in between the two really is that, you know, if people want to criticise him, fine. Just leave him where he is then. Don't come and start trying to steal him or media outlets trying to sell our best players and so on and so yeah. forth. If, if, he, if, he, if he's not good enough, great. He can stay at Spurs then, can't he? Do you know what I mean? It's, it, that's okay. But, you know, and where I'm, uh, where I'm torn, he's, obviously he's one of our own, so you want to defend him. So mm. it's, you don't need, I don't think any of us need to defend him, do no. they? I'm just, struggling. I'm, I'm just struggling to understand, Lee, that what doubters see in his game missing mm. that. Well, so, some people no. are saying he's not as clinical as, as Sergio oh. Aguero. But look no. at his goals. Look at his I, goal I, ratio. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, his yeah. goal ratio over the last four years, he's how can anyone sit there and say he's not clinical He's enough? outscored Aguero for the last three seasons. <laughs> so what, what, that, what, that, that argument's gone But, but the, the difference is that Aguero picks up an injury. A, a, a two-month layoff every, yeah. near on every season. Let's be Kane, fair. He's got troublesome. So does Kane. He's got troublesome ankles. I mean, Barney Rone in The Guardian has said he's led with an article this was yesterday harry kane probably not the best in the world but perfect for this england team gareth south gets post-match proclamation about his captain raised a few eyebrows but 20 goals on the world cup golden boot in his first 35 games is not bad going when are we going to sit there look at harry kane and actually show him the respect he deserves can, can i just say, uh, sorry Jamie, no, no, i just no, want no. to make a comparison quickly to 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 another um england legend that uh, that graced the pitch the week before um, or in the midweek game in the usa in terms of wayne mooney how many times did did the the media or the British public, the British press, whatever, actually praise Rooney in all these areas? It's always criticism, mm. and and quite frankly, I'm fed up with it. I'm absolutely sick of coming on to this brilliant radio show and trying to defend mm. our players because we should. One of the need best to. as well. One of the best players. It, 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 he scored more years. more England goals than any other player in the history of the game, and he still gets criticised. And and Kane the same. Mm. Shearer before was it um, Euro '96. Um, shouldn't be playing, he's absolutely outrageous, he can't do this, do it. At a fantastic tournament. You know, people just need to get behind people, mm. the team, um, rather than 
literally criticising time. 20 goals in 35 appearances. Do you think, Not bad. Do you think, you're Jay, do you think, I'll ask you this question, do you think if Kane was from a different country, oh. Italy, Spain, he'd be more he'd be more kind of appreciated than he is over here? I think oh, that's what it is for I me. I was literally just about to say, I think with a lot of England players, I think a lot of people show quite kind of bias towards English players. They can't see an English player getting to the very top. Mm. Um, and I just think when they look at Kane, they can't imagine that this Englishman is one of the best in the world. Um, and I think that's the case with a lot of other players. I think if you look at around the team, you've got someone like Carl Walker, who's one of the best fullbacks in the world. You've got Stones, who's a fantastic young player. You've got uh, Delhi, who's one of the best under-23 players in the world. I think there's just a bit of a bias around uh, English players. So, yeah. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I, I completely agree with you on that. And I, I, it baffles me every time we hear, you know, of, of question marks over the ability of Harry Kane. Give us a call this evening. We'd love to hear from you. 0208 at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Uh, if you want to uh, drop us a message on social media tonight. Love Sport, 558 AM. Yeah, this is Love Sport Radio with your Tottenham Hotspur fan show talking all things Spurs until 9pm tonight. And we're doing it, we're doing the rounds, we're doing the international rounds because, you know, let's be fair, we've got to fill some time. You know, we've got, got plenty of time to fill as well, yeah, haven't we? We have, we have. So let's go very slowly and creep around <laughs> and talk about uh, Delhi Alley. Yeah, great to have Delhi back. I mean, say great to have him back. See him featuring for England, I mean, it will only benefit Spurs in the long run. We've got... A huge amount of games coming up that I was saying to Jamie on the way here. You know, midweek games. I think we're so inundated now yeah. until January. Yeah. A game every single, every couple of weeks now. We've got games all the time. So important to have Delhi playing. As much as I always fear seeing players play for their international teams. Because as a Spurs fan, of course, my concern is obviously them being fully fit. And then being ready for us. But, I mean, it's only positive to see Delhi getting minutes. And great to see him getting assists the other game for England. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure he'll probably start on the weekend because I think Ericsson obviously is still managing his fitness and Lamella obviously slight concerns whether he'll be ready. Mm. So, um, yeah, obviously it's great to see Delhi doing well for England and, uh, yeah, obviously with a busy period come up, it's going to be really important to have him. So, I think actually, sorry, I mean, I think, just on Delhi quickly, I think it's um, I think it's good for him that uh, he's got now competition for places at England level as well because you see some of these uh, other players coming in, um, you know, whether or not they're like for like or whether they're coming across just you know that kind of midfield uh, three if you like he definitely has got competition for places so getting injured is actually almost motivating him even more now to, to try and get back in that side as well as the Spurs side it'd be, it'd be really good to get your opinion obviously we're talking about international football we're, we're taking the slight edge of things with Spurs and looking at England and, and maybe looking ahead to the Nations League finals mm. next summer and going forward to, to Euro 2020 as well Let's look at the midfield options Southgate has for him. Uh, well, to choose from Dyer, Barkley, who's who's really come. come well, to I think that's that Ross the Barkley Delhi yeah. situation, um, isn't it? Fab- yeah. Fabian Delph played captain. You know, I, I thought he was brilliant. Actually, yeah, you know, I, I, I really yeah. thought he was very, very good. I thought, wow, you could see him playing more game time. Whether or not it's for City, doubtful. But he could definitely get in another top six side. Loftus Cheek, Lingard, yeah. Winks. Um, going out to players who aren't in the squad, Henderson, Shalabar, 
James Madison, Mason Mount, Adam Lalana, Jake Livermore, Lewis Cook, and one player who's who's had a lot of bad luck is Alex Oxley Chamberlain. Who I think I think he'll go back into that fold. So what I want to know from you guys is is what is Delhi's role for England? What is what, what do you expect him to be doing? How do you expect him to be having an impact? Because mm. I, I, you know, I think he's going to stick with like a midfield three now. I think England look good with the midfield three. To be fair, I mean, you, you're you're making a face at me. You know so, is, so talk uh, yeah. to me, pal. Uh, John, it is for me. I think Delhi's one of those players, and as we all know, as Spurs fans, for us, he always seems to come alive in the big big games. Mm. And I think he's one of those players that you can afford to leave on because he has what we call in him a superstar moment. Yeah. He has that moment oh, of yeah. absolute brilliance where he mm. just produces a goal out of nothing, a bit of magic. And Aaron, you know, I fully take on board what you're saying. You look at the England squad at the moment, Southgate has given himself so many options. And the great thing about this team is that every player knows when they put on that shirt, they actually see a pathway now to that first He's managing team. like Genuinely. a club, isn't he? He's yeah, managing that's the, what yeah, he's, yeah, done, he's, that's what he's done. He's managing it like a club, not like a country anymore. Mm. He's seeing these players, giving them the opportunity. But I still think for me, Deli on his day with the brilliance he has in him has got to be a, f- a start for England I mean what do you reckon Jay? Oh absolutely I mean he, he's, su- he's, su- well, he's such a good player as well of course he's no as I said he's one of the best under 23 players in Partnership the world. Partnership with Kane as well. Th- there's that as well um, for me I'd, I'd say he would probably play in the midfield three I think we've obviously got um, ra- the likes of Rashford and Sterling who are obviously very very effective down the, so- down the wings um, but yeah, I mean, coming back to the point you just made, Ricky. I mean, it, you know, with Ali, he's always, you know, he he can always have a bad game, but even in those bad games, he'll produce a big moment, and that's what makes him such a good player. So, when, who, when who are we looking at as a midfield? Mid, so if, if midfield three. If, yeah. if you're Southgate mm. going into that nation, I'm Southgate. I've got the waistcoat. Yeah, you've got the Southgate. waistcoat. You've right. picked a bat for great, beard. lovely. Yeah, you've got well, a midfield, midfield three. Is Eric Dyer. Yeah, Harry Winks mm. and Deli Ali. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I was going to say exactly the same. Totally, like, what, what, it's a Spurs show, Ricky, mate. Can you course. offer something a little with a little no. less bias? No, nope. <laughs> it's I mean, the and then we're bringing back Ch- Kieran Trippier, Danny Rose. Show, you know, I'm but who would you? Who would you? Retirement, mate. <laughs> who would you take out? Who would you actually take out? Because Winks, I think Winks and Deli, I think they are two big. Big for the future, you know. They're big players for the mm, future Barclay. of the country. Barkley, but then who do you replace think, him with? I think, I think. Well, if you guys are going for Winks, I'd take Winks out and put Barkley in any. Then you've got two very similar players in Barkley and uh, Delhi in the midfield. That's very true. But, they are but very you, you want the creativity. You want a bit of guard because but, you expect Eric Dyer. And can I just say, I really liked his role. Against Croatia, yeah. I thought he was very yeah, good in the way good. he chased back, yeah. was strong. He's getting minutes as well. You know, like, you've got I, to remember, he's been nursed back. I'm a big he, fan of his, and I can see, hmm. I can see Oxlade Chamberlain getting a run out yep. again, and I can see people like Madison coming into the four. Yep, I think it's a yep. bit too early for Mason Mount, who, who, by the way, what a cracking player he yep. looks. Mm. What a cracking player he looks, Mason Mount. Jordan Henderson's 28. You know, he's a favourite of Gareth Southgate, so you just wonder if he's going to be brought in as well, but. It'd be very interesting to see if Gareth Southgate opts for a solid midfield three. You know, just like a first-choice midfield three, because that's what I remembered England having. You know, going back to the early 2000s to, you know, 2002, maybe 98 as well. A solid solid midfield. They did well then, didn't they? Won loads of trophies. I'm just just saying. That was a solid uh, 2002, you know what I mean? Beckham penalty against Argentina in the World (laughs) Cup. 
Oh, oh. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you, you, we're, make, we're making comparisons. We've got to be looking forward rather than going backwards. Like, so you don't, you don't think it's right to have, to have a midfield which you're going to stick with, which you're going to try and build some consistency with? Uh, uh, no, I don't disagree with you. But what I'm saying is that he has got that 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 kind of flexibility to be able to bring people but back no, when in. But no, when I just said that, you, t- you turn around and go, well, we want stuff. <laughs> well, I did, but I'm just saying, like, you, you're looking at a backwards piece. I'm looking at it going forwards. He, we've just we've just sat here and said that he's got really good options. Why would he just stick with the... Why would he with, pick Harry Winks? Uh, well, well, no, what I'm saying is, why would he just stick with, like, the same personnel? He can Don't, change it I think it's important change it I think no. it's important to have that consistency because one thing that makes England such a good team is that they are, they are that. They're a good team. They work mm. as a team. That's and um, getting that consistency will be key. Well, Ricky's just turned around to me and said, isn't it good that how Eric Dyer's picking up a minute? So I, I, I see that as sort of just, you know, factors that are mm. sort of linked, if you like. The I fact that Dyer's picking up in. minutes, the fact that he's consistent, the fact that he's he's playing in a, a solid three where he knows what he's doing, he knows who his partner is. Let's be fair, um, you know... When, when teams and clubs win trophies, it's not because they chop and change and rotate like Claudio Ranieri, the Tinkerman, did in his first spell at Chelsea. Do you think he knows his mm. best 11, though, as? Do you think, honestly, uh, no, I, I, agree with that, I don't think he knows Aaron, his best I 11. I totally agree with that. If you had to pick a team for the World Cup final tomorrow, just say, do you think no, Southgate does? No. He doesn't. Of course not. But I think also, um, I agree with you to some degree that having a, cons- a consistent team and trying to keep it the same is a big thing. But also, there's genuine competition now for places that these players know now that That's they have I'm to saying. perform well options, every single game. Otherwise, they won't be in the team. Yeah, you talk about Hendo. Does Henderson come back in? Henderson and Dyer. I don't think Henderson should be in there. No, but I'm just saying, he's a really good option he played brilliantly in the World Cup no, no one can say that he was rubbish in the World Cup he played really well so the point I'm making is that you know the, the, there's options there yeah. so yes consistency so um, no, I do agree with you on that and troubling and changing if you actually look back just going back to the Premier League if you look back on the Premier League and the people that, the, the teams that have won the Premier League um, over the last kind of five six seasons they are the ones that have, have changed their team the least there's some clear stats on that someone will pick me up on that so I do agree with you on that but what I'm saying is that he's got uh, he's got really Really good options now in all positions. Yep, he certainly uh, certainly has Gareth Southgate. Uh, we're going to carry on talking about Spurs players on international duty. We're speaking to Neil Sullivan a little bit later on, looking ahead to that massive game of the weekend. Spurs taking on Chelsea, of course. Neil playing for both clubs. It'll be good to hear his opinion on the Gazaniga Lloris uh, Vorm mm, debate yeah. as well. Certainly. Well, if you've got any questions for Neil, by the way, drop us a tweet at Last Word on Spurs or at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Come for the sport. Stay for the chat. Love Sport Radio. How underrated was Sophie Ellis Baxter? She's quality. Very bum, good. Bum, 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 ba, da, ba, da, bum, 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 there's actually a version she did, like an a cappella on a piano, and it was it's world class. Yeah, yeah, she was. I've, got, I've got it on the old iPod. 
It's actually very, very, very... It's very peaceful. On the iPod? Yeah. It, for our younger listeners, uh, can you explain what that is, please? <laughs> what, it's that thing that you used to put your music on? Do you, do you remember? Like, do you remember iPod Classics? Yes. Oh, my Bef- word. Before I went on holiday, I had this urge to just buy an iPod Classic. And I went looking around for an iPod <laughs> Classic. They're, they're really yourself. expensive. Yeah, they've got up in yeah, price yeah. now. Yeah, they've got up. It's not one of them things they say, just keep it in your drawer, keep you charging never know, it. You never yeah, that's right. Have you got one locket lurking around? Ricky seems like the kind of guy who used to have an iPod Classic. Oh, definitely an iPod Classic. You definitely oh, have one. I have, yeah. Multiple. No. I think a bit before my time, unfortunately. They, they were they were thick, weren't they? Really yeah, heavy. Yeah, Paddy, you had an iPod Classic, didn't you? You wanted. He did. What, what, I don't know what tunes you had on it, mate. Sophie Alex Bester. Yep, exactly that. Uh, what does Juan Foyth have on his iPod? Uh, probably similar to what Jamie's got on his, to be fair. <laughs> we were just saying, we're yeah, just oh, saying yeah. off air, weren't we? Yeah. Jamie, Jamie is been, uh, the new Wayne Hoyt. Yeah, I've been told I look he's, like him. So, yeah. He's got a look alike. He's got Macaniga well, here as well, obviously. Uh, you know, spitting image of uh, Gazaniga as I am. And uh, Juan Foyf. So we're like the Argentinian contingent here. Who are you, Rick? Well, it, Lamella. Well, could be Lamella. I could be, mate. Lamella. Take it on, mate. Talk, talking of the Argentinian contingent, mm. we've got a bit of a problem here, lads, uh, for mm. the weekend because mm. all three of them players are playing very well. Um, and uh, are they going to yep. be back in time? Yep. Well, I probably should, we are, we're going to come on to that in the second half for the Chelsea yep. preview. But just to bring it back to, to my Argentina, lads, mm. and one fourthly, and we were just before the break. And Neyman, the match, on his debut for Argentina, Picked up a horrific facial collision. Hmm. Yeah, he, he had Only a big minutes thing, before in the, in the training session. I think one minute yeah. before, a couple of hours before. Yeah. Yeah, he had a big like, plaster or something, didn't he, under, under yeah. his eye? But uh, he, he went out on pitch. Yeah. Seen do pretty well, didn't he? Got man of the match. Got man so of the match, yeah. On his, deb- on his full international debut. So what a week, what impressive. a week that guy had because he had the Wolves yep. debacle with the two penalties. Yep. Then he's uh, come and scored the winner at Palace and played yep. absolutely outstanding, got man of the match. Got a first thing, uh, Argentinian call up and gets man of the match. Yeah, yeah amazing uh, week. But I think with Foyf, it's a real great example of what's been going on in the squad over the recent weeks. It's kind of that a lot of the squad players have really stepped up for us. You know, the likes mm. of Sissoko, uh, Mora, Lamella. I think that we've really relied on these players to come in and do a job for us. And and that's what's been so good for us this year. You know, we came into the after the before the summer saying, "Oh, our squad depth's a bit, you know, it's lacking a bit." But right. but they have proven us wrong so far because a lot of them are stepping up. I, I completely agree. And I remember actually it was us three on the show with Aaron as well. One uh, a couple of weeks back when we talked about that lack of de- uh, depth in the squad, and I ra- I ran through everybody's squad. You remember, you Rick? Remember, yeah. And we talked about like, everyone else's yeah. squad got the little <laughs> r- results out in the book. Um, and uh, you know when you're now looking at our squad depth, I mean ultimately he's got a bit of a headache because I, mm. I'm not even sure. And I, I know that Jay said this on the on the last World on Spurs pod uh, earlier last week, but. Does Sissoko play, for example? I know we're going to come yeah, on to a, a thing, but it, how are you yeah. dropping him? Because yeah. like you say, they've stepped up, and Juan Foyth is yep. a perfect example of the man management skills of Potocino oh, yep. to, to, to keep him yep. in that side for the Crystal Palace game and show faith in him. Yeah. I mean, again, sorry, Aaron, but maybe we, we'll make comparisons to Mourinho. Mourinho might well have chopped at the uh, Juan Foyth out of that more than likely. Yeah, more than likely yeah. and, th- and there you go, game over, maybe end of career. Well, look, what, forget that. Look what he did to buy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look where yeah, like, go. Yeah. And Lindelof. And Lindelof, he's well, done Lindelof it. Lindelof some, has out. somehow come back. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Eric Bailly, everyone's sitting there going, mate, we've got Chris Smalling, who looks like, do you remember Roger from Sister Sister? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember Sister Sister? Do you remember Roger from Sister Sister? Go home, Roger. He looks like a Roger from, from Sister Sister now with that absolutely ridiculous <laughs> oh haircut he's got yeah, yeah. now. And, and, you know, this guy... 
Lindelof is the one who's showing him what to do now. And oh, it's like, dear. right, okay, you've managed to edge Phil Jones out. Yeah, cool, <laughs> lovely. Now get rid of Smalling and bring Bailly back in. So Dallow's back as well. And mm-hmm. he'll end up playing Valencia or something like that. Look at what he did to Luke Shaw for a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, again, I think that's another perfect example. So come back to Potocino, the class of the man, the, everything that, yep. you know, just runs through his his veins. Oh, I love him. Do you know what it is with Potocino as well? Some of these players like Foyth must look at him and think, do you know what? It's almost like a given, isn't it? When you sign for Spurs, sign on the Pochettino, it'll get you in your international squad within a year. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's exactly. just like, it's almost like a given now. I mean, that must be as a player quite exciting. If you're a youngster coming through and you genuinely believe you've got a chance of, you know, being one day an international, go and sign for Poch, you'll make it happen within 12 he, months. He got Sissoko back in the French side. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only joking. Yeah. I'm only joking. Yeah. Yeah. I know, but he did. I deserve call-up the door for him. I know, I know he's no, no, injuries. Jokes aside, I think he's been absolutely outstanding. I'd personally pick him. Personally. So I think, well, I mean, we say He's. I think he's kind of been forced his hand into playing these yeah. players, but yeah, they've they've been brilliant and they've all stepped up. So that's yeah. great to that's, see. That's what I love. That's what I love about Tottenham, the squad where where we are. The whole situation's almost forced ourselves mm. to be the way that we've been. Yeah. You know, we're getting utter criticised. You know, we're just talking about Kane being criticised still. Massive criticism. Players. Christian Eriksen now leaving uh, all the media centre, the stadium's not blah 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 all this doom and gloom but it's forced us almost to be really strong resilient. together resilient mm. to it, be a it, team it reminds think, me of you know you know in the old Top Gear with Jeremy Clarkson they used to do London <laughs> yeah. to Edinburgh on one tank of fuel you see him like <laughs> ripping, ripping the door off the car and yeah, stuff like that's, that. that's exactly what Spurs are doing they're making everyone that bit more efficient mm. everyone's just just they're getting that ten percent out out of, out of everyone, and you know what, Lee? I really have enjoyed. Can I just say, props to Lee? I wish we had some a little romantic bed now, because I really enjoy. You know your ironic statuses that you put on Twitter, where oh, you know, got a brand new stadium, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. X in the league, blah blah. Yeah, but yeah. it's really bad being a Spurs fan. Yeah, yeah. I really like it. It's that nice one, Lee. Oh, yeah, I, you know what? Yeah, what, what? I, I doth my capture. Thank you, buddy. And, and do, do you know what? What's interesting about that? Just looking at the the, the Premier League pieces. 2.25 points per game. Unbelievable record from Tottenham Hotspur. Happy days. Happy, happy days. Uh, on the back of this, we're going to be talking to former Spurs and Chelsea keeper Neil Sullivan. He joins us next. Love Sport, 5.58 a.m. <laughs> Yeah, Scotland are in action this evening. Delighted to welcome on former uh, Scotland goalkeeper and Spurs goalkeeper, as well as Chelsea. Uh, it's Mr. Neil Sullivan. He's Wim- well, ex-Wimbledon as well. Do you know what? He- he's been around in London, but we, we-, we absolutely love <laughs> having him on. How are you, Neil? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, first of all, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to break the journalist code and I'm going to, you know, blast off with my, with my it may annoy him question. Have you applied for the Wimbledon job? No, 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 I haven't, no. Oh, well, no, no. worth asking, wasn't it? Worth asking. Um, how <laughs> yeah, are you, Neil? Well, are you looking forward... My just left, so I can't jump in. He's great, can I? <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. Are you looking forward to uh, the big game at the weekend, two of your ex-clubs uh, meeting, and, and, and it's certainly going to be a feisty London derby, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, they always are. These, these games, you know, Tottenham and Chelsea, they're always always a bit lively. And, you know, when they're, when they're so close in the league as well, I think it's, what is it, one point separating the both of them, so... 
Um, it's a late kickoff as well, so it's going to be an interesting game. It'll be well worth a watch, I think. What have you made of Spurs so far this season? Obviously, you know, um, a lot of question marks over them due to their lack of recruitment in the summer, but we were just talking about it before we, we, we came on the air to you. You know, they... they they seem to become more resilient. There just seems to be this efficiency around Spurs now. Yeah, I think the way the way Tottenham play, I think everyone everyone knows their jobs, you know, and the way the manager must train them and coach them. He he knows what's in the squad. He knows the quality that's in there. And like you say, that the, the players have had to step up and, and they've done really well. And the results recently um, have been fantastic. And, and it's a great way to lead into the game against Chelsea. Neil, Ricky Saxer, I hope you're well. Good to have you on the show. I wanted to ask you, Thanks. Neil, about the, uh, the competition at the moment for places in the Spurs squad in terms of goalkeepers. Now, as a keeper as well, you've probably seen Lloris hasn't been at his greatest this season, obviously, for on-the-field and off-the-field matters in general. But, obviously, we've seen Gazaniga really go come into his own this season, really play well for Spurs in quite a consistent yeah. amount of games. How do you see that battle planning out in the long run? Do you think Lloris is still Spurs' number one firmly, or do you think Gazaniga's given him a run for his money based on his form this season when he has come in the team? Well, I think it's what he's just been talking about, really, about the uh, the, the strength and depth or the lack of it that, that people want to talk about. Um, the manager obviously knows the qualities of the two goalkeepers, and I saw, I just saw the highlights of, uh, was it France v Holland? Um, when Luis was fantastic, he played really well. Kept some, I think he kept the score down to two nil. Um, so he's, you know, he's still in good form. But that's what you want at top clubs like that. That's what you want. But I think, I, I think Luis is still going to be the number one choice at Spurs. I, I think, and you know, looking at the game as I did the other day against Holland, he still he still looks in fantastic form. He made a couple of brilliant saves, didn't he? He's Lee, 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 McQueen, good, yeah. Lee McQueen in here. How you doing, buddy? You okay? Yeah, very good, thanks. Good man, good man. Um, I just wanted to ask, actually, how important... We, we've talked on this show over the last couple of weeks about kind of chopping and changing and, and we're just talking about in England being consistent and that sort of stuff. With Spurs, we've we've only actually played the same back four or five combination once in the Premier League this year and we've played, obviously, 12 games. How important as a goalkeeper is it to see the same defenders in front of you, kind of your full-backs or your centre-backs or whatever? How important is it to you, Neil, as a goalkeeper? I think it. I think it helps. Um, obviously, you get you get into a rhythm and you get used to how how everyone plays and, and what they're up to. But sometimes, you know, these, these changes are forced on you. And, and the way football is now, they they like to uh, rotate their squads. And you know, back fours and, and goalkeepers are not not immune to that. Um, I think it's it's different now. You know, I think people expect the squads to be rotated um, and it's just part of part of it but I always liked if you had a, a settled back four in front of you you, you, you like I say you, you just got used to each other and uh, and they got used to you really but it's, it's kind of like partnerships different. and stuff like that isn't it, it sometimes, is. sometimes you, know, you know like if you've got like Vertonghen in front of you and Alderweireld in front of you two, if you're yeah. two centre-backs and you're getting that consistency over four, five, six games you, you kind of can settle in you know you look at Liverpool for example and they've had Van Dijk there and Gomez there and uh, um, and the new goalkeeper as well. Like he's, he's, he's looking and he can see the same personnel. It, it must give mm. you a little bit more air of confidence and stuff. Yeah, and if it's working, I'm sure the manager won't want to change it. If, if, if the, yes, if it ain't working. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's a, yeah, that's something that needs to be uh, addressed. But if it's yeah. working, I'm sure the manager, doesn't matter how, how many games they play, but if you're keeping clean sheet after clean sheet, I'm sure he'd be uh, more inclined to keep the back four or back five in place. Cool. 
Yeah, so just back on to Saturday's match. I mean, obviously, it's at Wembley. Um, we've, of course, we've lost to two big teams there already against Liverpool and Manchester City. Um, does this make this a, a must-win game for Spurs to prove ourselves there? Um, to prove yourself, prove yourself at Wembley, you mean? Yeah, because obviously, you know, we we've, um, we've played, come up against Liverpool, Man City, and we've lost. Do we need to, do we need to win this game to prove that we can contend for the top four for the title? I think it's it's a big game, yeah, and it's it's going to set out a market. And to be fair, it's the start of quite a uh, quite a big kind of few weeks, really. I think once you get after this international break, um, I think looking at I think we've got uh, is it Chelsea Saturday, then Arsenal twice in December, yep, into Milan Champions as well, yep. yeah, two Champions League games, and then then you get into the mayhem of Christmas. So mm. if you can if you can kick it all off with a good win against one of your big rivals. Mm. I think that's a fantastic way to, to mm. for the confidence to grow and to look in, getting into Christmas time. And then, you know, if you have a good Christmas, all of a sudden you're up there, uh, you're up there in the, in the mix. So, I think it will be a an important game to win um, for for all those reasons. Not just not just to uh, to prove that you can that you can play at Wembley and win at Wembley. Yeah. I think if you get a good a good win against. Uh, a rival, I think that's more important to, to the standing in the Premier League, and it sets you up for a, a tough, a tough December. You take points off them as well, don't you? That's, yeah. that's the thing. Exactly, you're taking points yeah. off of Chelsea. You're also taking points off. You know, you're gaining on them as well. You mentioned Neil just quickly. You mentioned the Christmas period. I'm absolutely fascinated. Um, what, what is it like as a player playing in the mayhem of the Christmas period? Because as fans, we absolutely love it. And you know, you know, obviously we we want to um, we want to do brilliantly in the internationals and have winter breaks like the uh, you know the teams in Europe. But equally, we don't want to take away the Christmas football. And that's all always a, that's another debate but what's it like to play in that frenzy of the Christmas period it's, I, I used to like it I mean to be honest I, the thing is I didn't have to run around a pitch for 90 minutes so <laughs> I, I never I never had the strains of, of fatigue and all that but it's, I mean it's tough but you know it's, it's brilliant it's, you know you, you get it in your mind if you have a good Christmas it can set you up you know if you're struggling at the bottom you can get your mid table and you're looking above and but we are now Spurs. If we're up that top end challenge, you have a good December and good Christmas. You come out the back end of it, and all of a sudden you're you're on the way in, and it, you know it's a, a sprint to the finish almost. And if you've had a good Christmas and you're up there, um, it just sets you up for the the remainder of the season. I used to I used to love it, but then again, like I say, I didn't have to run around. <laughs> what, what's it like though? You know, sort of being away from your family, and you know, everyone reads about this going in, you know, the training on Christmas Day and whatnot, missing yeah. the presents. You know, because the presents yeah. are the best bit. <laughs> yeah, you just you just have it a bit like it's it's tough, but listen, you, you you're doing the best job in the world, so you know there are sacrifices you have to make, and it's more the family as well. So you know, not having a big Christmas dinner and all that kind of stuff. But I've I've been in, I've been up early, opened the presents, and then gone into training in a hotel Christmas night, play Boxing Day, away New Year's Eve. It's it's part of it, and and you you know you get used to it and. You know, you, you just got to remember you, 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 you've got the best job in the world. Mm-hmm. Got to ask you, as you got you here, Neil. Obviously, I think you was one of the men that played under Glenn Hoddle. Obviously, recently was taken seriously ill. Glenn, obviously, mm. a legend for Tottenham. Yeah. What was it like playing under Glenn? Just out of interest, because obviously for us as the Spurs, uh, Spurs fans, he's a legend in our eyes. You know, didn't unfortunately work out from as a manager, which I'm sure obviously you experienced as well under him. What's your remember well, your thoughts of playing under Glenn at the time? Well, I think it was a difficult, difficult time. He, he tried to be obviously had Glenn. Um, we had George Graham in, who, who brought me to the club, 
and had a certain way of playing. And then Glenn came in and um, brought in a, a lot of new players uh, and was trying to change the the way the team played. And uh, you know these these things take a bit of time. And unfortunately, with um, management, you don't always get that time. So. Um, you know, it's very un- unfortunate, but of course we wish him well and a, and a speedy recovery. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I just want to pick up actually because you, you come, you joined the club, our wonderful club, at a time of flux because not only was mm. the manager changing, the ownership was changing because my old boss, yeah. obviously, Sir Alan Sugar, Lord Sugar, um, he he passed the the uh, the um, the great club over to to the current mm. owners, um, and that must have been a, a quite a, a you know a, a different type of time when when clubs are going through takeovers as well as changing managers and and changing the style of play as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> You know, when you when you look back at my career, it happened all the way through. Wimbledon uh, changed ownership, then I then I went to Spurs and they changed ownership. Then I went to Chelsea and they changed ownership. Blo- bloody hell, Neil! What's going on? You keep going. Clubs changing ownership. What's happening? And, and we, we, we don't want to know what happened. Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could have been me. I guess it could have been me. Looking back at it, um, and the later years, Doncaster. So every every club I've been at have changed ownership, which is which is a massive jump. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a massive upheaval for the club um, to go in a, in a different direction, of course, and, and then of course new managers, new ideas, new players, and then too much press. It, sometimes it's pressing the reset button, isn't it, Neil? So you know, you did in every the sense, time. yeah, same same thing. You get a new CEO in, or you get a new manager in at a business, and you know, it's exactly the same situation. They want to change things out with the old, in with the new, or whatever it might be. So you know, it's, it's always nice. a step forward. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly, exactly. They've got to do the right things, haven't they? So yeah, yeah. I think that's going to be a future quiz question, Neil. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what have you made of... What have you made of of the start of uh, Maurizio Sarri at Chelsea? And, of course, Kepa in goal for them, a, a world record signing. Yeah, well, he, he, yeah, I mean, he's, he's fantastic. And he, he fits into the start of play that, 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 that Chelsea want to play. Um, and doing a great job. Yeah, doing a great job. You never know how... Uh, players, certainly goalkeepers, are going to settle into the Premier League, but he's, he seems to have done really well. And how do you uh, how do you see that game going at the weekend? Obviously, it's going to be a massive derby. Uh, I think it's going to be a massive derby. I think it's going to be a lively game. Um, and do you know what? I think I think Spurs are going to nick it. Go on, Neil. Go on, Go on, Neil. Neil. We'll have you back. Come on. <laughs> Obviously, you played Legend. a lot more games for, uh, for for Spurs than Chelsea. Where do your allegiances lie? What, for this game? Yeah. Oh, uh, I had a great time at Spurs. I, Chelsea was a, was a fantastic club, and but I had a great time at Spurs. I was lucky enough to be voted player of the year there, and I had a great time there, so... You know, Scott Spurs. Brilliant stuff, oh, Neil. Oh, I will oh, let you go because I presume you're going to go and watch a Scotland game now. Uh, but uh, you uh, you enjoy yourself and thank you very much Thanks, for, Neil. Uh, for coming Neil. on this evening. Neil Sullivan, former Spurs and Chelsea goalkeeper. That's on Love Sport Radio. Your news, your views, your voice. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. Yeah, cheers to Neil Sullivan for joining us once again. And got some good memories of Neil, actually. Mm. I mean, 
It was an interesting era for Spurs when uh, he obviously took over the uh, the mantle from Ian Walker. Oh, the Saxon. It's an interesting co- Saxon. mantle. That's an interesting term for Ian Walker's mantle. God. Player of the year as well, Neil Sullivan. He was a top lad, top boy. Solid keeper. And then obviously well. lost his place to Casey Keller, who was an interesting... I don't think that cup final helped him at all. We didn't mention that to Neil. We were kind to Neil. We didn't mention no, that cup we're, final. No, we're not going to. He's, he's, he's not? a friend. He's, he's a pal. He's a, he's a he's great a guy, uh, Neil Sullivan. But uh, yeah, just uh, gave us a bit of uh, a bit of food for thought over the break. We're talking about some uh, some old, older times, I suppose. Um, by the way, there's been a couple of goals, a couple of big goals in the Nations League. Are you ready for him? Leave the Queen, now. hold on, mate. It's Kosovo I mean, 1, mean. Azerbaijan 0. <laughs> Get in Ooh. there. Who, was, who scored? Though was it that um, fella? <laughs> it was uh, it was Zanelli. Oh, oh that's the one. Zanelli! That's I had him on my coupon. I had him on my coupon. First goal scorer on your coupon. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Malta nil. The Faroe. No, it's Malta one. Faroe Islands one. Oh, oh breaking news! Yeah, goal, breaking goals flying news. in. Goals going. flying in as they Big go. Big crowd there. Literally about as many as what's there at the Emirates normally. About five people. All right, no need for that. Johnson put in Faroe Islands there, but Corbalan with the the reply. Corbalan, the equaliser for Malta. A decent little finish there uh, are we going to finish off or going to carry on well, talking about players on international duty? just sticking with the UEFA Nations League got to discuss about Hugo Lloris and Toby Adeverold should we start with Hugo the game he had a, a double save yeah, yeah Neil France. mentioned it didn't he actually in, yeah. uh, in, uh, in his call uh, it was world class again yeah, yeah. double world uh, yeah. world class save from Hugo but against the Netherlands is, you say that but when we put that out on the last one on Spurs there was fans coming saying back it's just a couple of saves what are you getting carried away for I think some fans just have it in for Hugo yeah. now they're almost like oh, okay yeah. we're not having it Gazaniga we're going to back him to the hill mm. m- m- maybe but maybe just, just playing devil's advocate a little mm. bit maybe the expectation we expect so much from yeah, our players are, now and, yes, and from yeah. our team and yeah. whatever yeah. that you know expectations have, have risen and we, we, we talk you know you talk passionately on the pod this week about um, you know the new Spurs shirt book and you know all the kind of the the generations gone by. That's it. Now, we're now seeing a new generation, yeah. I suppose, of Spurs fans coming through that don't know you know some of the stuff that we're talking about. You know they wouldn't know that um, Lord Sugar was anything to do with Tottenham Hotspur. The funny thing, for example, the, f- the funny yeah. thing you mentioned that Chris Brown has actually tweeted in going, "Do the panel actually enjoy going to Wembley with all the plastic Spurs fans and tourists?" Mm. No, I don't. I I I, I personally have. <laughs> I've kind of given up on Wembley. I've uh, I've got tickets for the Inter Milan game, and that's kind of been the last game I go to. It's um, yeah, it's it's just been it's such tough circumstances for the players, and I really I came out after the um, the PSV game, and I'm like, how are they doing? They are playing in such tough circumstances where they're not at home. And they're still getting results. Well, so, but Jamie, is, isn't isn't that now up to you to, to keep yeah. backing them? At oh home? Well, no, t- t- I have. I no I've no. I, there's plenty. No, there's plenty of supporters that are giving up way before. I'm not, and, and when I say I've given up, that's that's. I always I'm going to the Southampton game. I, I always get sucked back in into <laughs> it. So uh, I haven't given up on it. Um, that that uh, that's yeah. I should probably shouldn't have said that. No, I but, but I know where you are. I but, know where you are coming from because I'm the same. Season ticket holder. I go every yeah. week. Try and go away Wait, when I can. Yeah. Um, and, and all that sort of stuff, and, and I don't know. This it's year hard, has been it? different. It's, it's this year. It's been it's so I, difficult to you know the fans have just kind of not accepted. I wouldn't. It I wouldn't. I wouldn't ordinarily say that I'm you know annoyed or um, you know really angry or whatever about the stadium. I'd no. sound frustrated. No, yeah, yeah, I'd sound frustrated, no. but I wouldn't ordinarily describe myself as you know um, somebody that's 
you know, taking it's, homage with the fact of Wembley. Up and down. It's nothing, yeah, it's nothing to do with that. It's the fact that it's just that it's not, in, you know, there's no, it's not really an enjoyable experience anymore because there's no atmosphere. There's the, like literally, I'm sitting around and it's just a bunch of day trippers, really. And it's mm. it's just, the, it's the not truth enjoyable. Is, let's be honest, it doesn't um, feel like home because it isn't no, home. No, no. But no. home is coming and we've seen what yep, home looks true. like and it looks incredible. Yep. We can't wait. And there's going to be a chick king there as well. We've got, oh, we've chick got king will still be there. Shout, out. shout <laughs> out, guys. We'll be back <laughs> soon. Aaron's been there. Aaron's definitely briefed him and said we're coming back soon. But, you, I mean, they listen him. to the pod. So, I know they do. You know, hi, guys. Hello. Hey, <laughs> are you good? Are you good? Uh, a few a few of us uh, on the WhatsApp groups um, were privy to a couple of inside photos and videos and stuff from the, from inside the stadium, weren't we, uh, earlier last week, and it looks Incredible! Mm, yeah. it looks. It incre- look. I mean, a lot of them have been going out on social media, and a lot of a lot of the uh, listeners will sit and know what it's like. And it is so difficult not to get excited mm. about it, um, you know. And uh, and uh, uh, yes, it's delayed and all of them things. And mm. I totally echo everything you just said, Jamie, about the whole Wembley scenario. But at the end of the day, when uh, the atmosphere is down to us, isn't it? As yeah. the fans, if we're going, we're the ones that have got to try and create that mm. atmosphere, and we've got to try but, because we've got a massive mm. game coming up. Just on the stadium, we'll maybe bring it into play now that we've seen some speculation this week and then back in the last week, and obviously Aaron's back now, so it's great to have him on to discuss this point because there has been rumours to suggest that Spurs' first game in the new stadium Don't could be, me. and contract- contractors, we understand, are working on two different days. This is what yeah. we're hearing. Potentially Man United on January the 13th, and... If it's not going to be that, the London derby with Arsenal hmm. on March the 2nd. I don't know about anyone else. Yeah. That's quite a, a gap there, firstly, number one. Yep. Number two, I cannot think... And please, guys, feel free to call in and debate this. This is a great point. I cannot think of two worst potential games to start going into a new stadium. Could you imagine... And this is Spurs, remember. This is Spurs that we love and we adore, but we're honest about it as well. If we lost either of those games, you could won't, you imagine? Well, well no, United, just, United I, you won't. No. I don't I, know, Aaron. I don't know. Yeah. I just, United, I can't, you I, won't. We have a terrible record away against you guys. I can't. I cannot see us losing. Uh, we could play anyone. We could play Barcelona in that new stadium first game, I think we would win. Lee, yeah, I, I think love Lee. I think no, 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 I But it's always a big boost. I mean, we saw when West Ham and Spurs left the left you know Upton Park and mm. what Hart Lane it was just to give them a huge boost obviously against well, they beat Man United twice against Man United, yeah, yeah. United. <laughs> it was Man United um, it was yeah so I mean you can see what Jay be honest though tell me honestly now face to face would you not rather have someone like a Cardiff at home or a Newcastle at home to go into that first game come on not what well, I, I personally I really don't mind I really don't, really mind. don't, I, don't I, mind I don't mind I just think that you know it's, it's about the occasion you're braver than me and I think I, I yeah I want to get out of Wembley as well, so yeah. Yeah, so you'll take Man United. Anyone, I'll take anyone at this stage, but um, honestly, I I don't mind. I don't mind. We haven't haven't beaten you at Tottenham in six years. Oh, wow. Tottenham Hotspur versus Newcastle United is February the 2nd. That could that be falls, speculative. That falls in the middle, that, isn't that it? That when you think of it, yeah, middle, middle, middle. My brother's could, birthday, so I don't know if it'll be. Oh, yeah, it could, could be a bit of a good birthday. Jamie's yeah. brother from Daily Hotspur. They're going to carry on after the uh, after the eight o'clock news. Do stick with us. I'm sure there's going to be. Wow. Is there going to be some dancing going on around eight? There will be some dancing. There'll going. be dancing. That's an hour gone already. I cannot believe it. Flying, 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 flying. Give us a bell as well. Oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight. If you want to have a chat about the new stadium, about the potential fix that could crop up should Spurs move into the new ground around January or March. It's at Love Sport Radio on Twitter as well. This is Love Sport. They dare to do. And the Lily Whites are going to score on you. They're no angels, but this season Harry and the boys are going for gold. 
From White Hart Lane to Wembley, Spurs will always be North London's finest. It's the Tottenham Hotspurs Fans Show on Love Sport. They need, they need you to install webcams. And <laughs> this show's going to kill me. Do you know uh, what I mean? It's just at the top of the hours. You know what, when the intro theme comes off? Because our producer comes alive. He comes alive. Yeah. I mean, this is his favourite bit. Win the cup, win the cup, <laughs> win the cup, win the cup. He loves it. it. Honestly, this is an experience. Oh, what an experience. The behind the scenes of this show. Got to get a webcam in your ass. Win the cup. I don't want a webcam in here. No, we'll mate. Keep, oh. uh, keep, keep it low down, I think. We'll have to stream Lee's dancing one day. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very, it's very, um, very uh, authentic. No, that's not the word. It's uh, s- sensual. <laughs> that's what I'm going to use. Goal in the Nations League. Scotland are one down. Surprise, surprise. And it's Beram Kyal uh, who's given uh, Israel the lead in. Uh, well, I believe they're pl- they're playing at Hampton tonight. They are playing at Hampton tonight. Uh, Kosovo won Azerbaijan nil. Lee, are you all right? No, you're, you're not right. Earphones gone. If, well, there you well, go. It's, it's the dancing, mate. It's the dancing. Uh, producer Paddy will come and sort that out. While we're uh, while, while we're sorting out your technical issue, we're going to speak to Brooks. He's in Nashville, Tennessee. Is it good? G- good evening. Good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. Is it all free? Uh, it's afternoon here. How are you, Brooks? Uh, great. How y'all doing? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Yes, thank, you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, no problem. Uh, thanks for uh, doing the show every week. I really appreciate it. Love staying in the loop over here in America. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thank mm. you for listening. Yeah. Um, so I'll go ahead and get right into it. I uh, I don't know where y'all have been because I haven't gotten to listen. Um, but one thing that I see all the time, uh, maybe it's just because I'm in America and people go crazy over him, but I've seen um, some links with Pulisic. And uh, yep. I know it's a, it's, it's a bit of a far cry, I guess, but I've heard he wants to play in the Premier League, and uh, I've seen him link with us to push, you know, like some. So I wanted to see what y'all thought of him. Is it just Americans that are crazy about the idea of signing him, or do y'all think it's viable, or um, what's the deal with Pulisic with y'all? Yeah, well, obviously a very high, he's still very highly rated over here. He's, um, you know, liked by a lot of clubs. I know I've seen a lot on social media. Um, club, you know, fans from every club seems to like him a lot. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about him kind of agreeing a deal with Chelsea, so it looks like he might be going to Chelsea. Um, but yeah, I think I, I personally, I think he'd be brilliant at Tottenham. Um, you question whether he's in the sort of area that we need, but um, yeah, I, I think he'd be a great signing for Spurs. But obviously, 
a very expensive one as well though so I don't know what you guys think as well I think for me we do need to look at that midfield as we know Dembele now is out for a sustained period he may not play his last game for the yeah. club there's that situation as a central midfielder I think he for me Brooks I think he's quite good I think I like the look yeah. of him yeah. I just don't know if Spurs would <laughs> would take the risk on him as such because he hasn't mm. come over in the Premier League I think for us now it's so important to have someone that we yeah. know can hit the ground running I mean Lee what do you reckon would you which club does he play for? Borussia Dortmund. Borussia Dortmund. He does. So the, I see. I thought. Sorry, Jamie. I thought, thought that Sancho was keeping him out of sight. He is. He is. Yeah. Yes, so, yes, so yeah. is he a central midfielder then, or <laughs> he's, is he, he's, like, is no, he a winger? He is, like? he is a, he's a winger. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, look, they say they're quoting £60 million pounds from yeah. him, so Which I think um, now with Tottenham. that rules us out, unfortunately. I think, I think Brooks, my, sorry, <laughs> Jamie, Brooks, my, my take on it is um, if, if he's playing, I mean, I don't know a lot about the fella, to be fair, but if he's playing down a wing or, or as a winger, you've got to look at the, the, the current crop of Spurs mm. players in, them, in that sort of area, and you've got you've you've got a Moore, uh, you've got a Lamella now that can fly out, you've got Son, you know, w- would he actually, I'm not saying he wouldn't be a good addition, but would he actually sit, fit into where we're, what, mm. what we're looking to do? Well, obviously we're limited with what we can get bring in, so really we need to be prioritising. You know, we need field, to yeah. central midfield, fullbacks. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, obviously sixty million pounds, a fantastic player, but I think it could be better invested elsewhere. Just because we, we need to prioritise. What, what do you think, Brooks? Do you think uh, do you think that we're, it'd be a good signing for 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 the mighty Spurs? Yeah. So um, I mean, like like y'all said, I don't know how he would fit. I mean, we got Sonny Lucas. Uh, Lamella's coming on strong, kind of attacking options. Uh, but I do wonder what kind of impact, like if if Levy considers like American backing yep. and yep. like even like the dollars that brings in, mm. um, if mm. that almost balances out the amount it would cost to, buy, to purchase a yeah. player like that, because like almost everyone in America would go crazy. Well, you look at the you look at the sort of effect that Hugh Son had. You know, there's That's obviously right, yeah. really it's a good got point. A lot of, you know, south of, south. Of, the Asian supporters, you know, yeah. we got a lot of them in. So um, yeah, that, I think um, that that would obviously attract Levy getting an American player in. Oh, I mean, did it work with Dempsey at Spurs? Casey Keller. It did to a degree. Dempsey, uh, it did, Aaron. Yeah, I mean, I Friedel. Think there's fans out there, and to be fair, you've got to remember Levy's got this deal now with the NFL, so that's a big thing. You know, for an American franchise, you know, he's got the NFL now sorted. I think Spurs have trying their best to always maximise their global mm. reach, which is why Son was a big thing for South Korea. Oh, which is why they tried Yedlin as well. I was, was going to ask you, and Brooks, I think it's a great opportunity to mm. ask you: Have you seen the new Spurs NFL shirt? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have. Seen will it. you be purchasing it? I will not be purchasing. it. What's put you off it, Brooks? What's put you off? Uh, just something about it. Just uh, <laughs> it's just weird thinking of a Tottenham and American football kit. I'll be buying a proper kit. There you go. Are you into your, are you into your NFL, Brooks? Are you uh, where, where are you from? Are you from Tennessee? Are you? Yeah, Tennessee. So uh, the I Titans the NFL, are you following but, uh, the Titans or? Yeah, I'm following the Titans, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah five and five, right? Five and five. This uh, uh, after this round, no. Yeah, rough, rough weekend. Yeah, yeah. I've just got into the NFL, to be fair. I was just saying to the thing, but, you know, I think it's an, a, amazing, absolutely amazing. And I, I picked I picked a, a team from uh, for, as random because I was over in Los Angeles. So, lucky for me, I picked the Rams. And all of a sudden, we're like 10-1. <laughs> and one, So, it was an amazing game of football last night in MNF. How excited are you, Brooks, to see yeah, the NFL come to the new stadium? How excited are you? Because obviously that's the, a lot of the pull I'm about excited. the new stadium. Daniel Levy, yeah. the way Spurs are structured. And kind of, yeah, and kind of whether there will there be a franchise that will mm. arrive in Tottenham? Do you think whether that's feasible? I don't know. What do you reckon, Brooks, on that one from Jamie? What do you reckon? 
Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know about the global reach about the NFL. Uh, I, mean, I don't know how it's received in London yet or anything like that. But It's uh, massive. I, hmm. Is it? Yeah, it's uh, honestly, Brooks, well, it, it is huge. I when mean, it came they, to Wembley, there was a lot of people. Yeah, they, they, they could sell out Wembley probably twice over for an mm. NFL match, and it's 90,000 seats. You know, so they could do 180,000 seats mm. if, if it was there. So, you know, the the NFL franchise for the, where Levy's going with the club, the new stadium, you know, the whole retractable pitch piece. I mean, it must it must look good for, for, for you guys. No, you, you must look at it and think, man, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it is amazing. And I mean, honestly, as a top supporter to... To have a club that has a hand in that with the mm. stadium, it's amazing uh, to think about the money coming in. Um, but I do, uh, I would love to make it over to London to make it to a Tottenham game. Uh, that's all I can really think about. So when I make that trip, I'll have to hit y'all up so y'all can show me around. Hit us oh, up, Brooks. <laughs> you follow us. You know where to hit us up, mate, <laughs> on uh, on Love Sport or on our Twitter handles as well. You know where to find us, and uh, we'll be we'll be sure to get you in uh, in the new lane. Yeah, we'd certainly uh, we'd certainly welcome you down, uh, Brooks. Thank you very much for for calling Thanks, in. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, anyone else who wants to get involved? This is Love Sport. Yeah, this is last word on Spurs <laughs> on Love Sport Radio. Again, Lee McQueen just bringing out the I'm moves. blaming Paddy for this because it's the kind of music that Paddy plays. It seems like the later we get towards Paddy's the end of the music. show, the, the music seems to go up Can we off. have some 1950s? <laughs> yeah. Some like Paddy's that. music. Calm yeah. him yeah. down. Give, give us a nice foxtrot. Like. No, give me, some, give me some Earth Angel, Paddy. Come on, talk to me. <laughs> That's from the 50s. Let's 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 talk stadium. Um, we actually had a tweet in uh, from Chris Chris Brown. I did mention mm. the second part of his tweet, but the first part was: uh, What do the panel think of the way Spurs have kept the fans in the dark over the opening game at the new stadium? Still haven't received my season ticket, even though they've taken one thousand pound of my money. Can I be honest? I think the club themselves will hold their hands up and say the communication mm. could have been much better. I'm, I, I'm adamant the well, club and it still can it's be. a difficult it job though yeah, isn't it it is yeah. a difficult job I, listen I'm not going to sit here for one minute and try and defend either side of things but I think we have to bear in mind that Spurs I think in the cold light I think they were very overly ambitious with the target start date and as we know we had Barnaby on the show last week that Spurs put the tender out to you know 10 or 12 companies that were going to you know go to try and build the stadium and Mace who are the company that are building the stadium were the only only company out there actually mm. came back and said, yep, we can do it on that date. And, and Rick, they'd be under massive financial penalties now. Mm. You know, we talk about Levy, we talk about how much of a good negotiator he is and people don't want to deal with him because of that. And Do, do, do we or any of us think that he wouldn't have negotiated oh, massive yeah, penalties against key That's it. key uh, performance indicators of he when was, that uh, stadium's going to be delivered and yeah. all that sort of stuff? They, 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 you know, we when uh, I worked for my previous company before the whole Apprentice uh, debacle and that sort of stuff, we had... We had he like, drops that in, didn't uh, I was fighting there. Um, um, just making sure listeners know. Um, w- yeah, we'd, we'd sign, not me personally, but we'd, as a business, we'd sign four, five, six hundred million pound contracts, right, mm. as a business. And actually, the service delivery requirements, if you weren't hitting yep. what, what them KPIs were, they were massive multi-million pound penalties, like a million pound a month or mm. two million pound a month. Now, uh, it's speculation. It's something to get into. So what but you're saying is, Mace, really, at the moment, they'll probably be paying for the nose for this. Look, I mean, have a look, right? I, I, 
same mace are getting ten percent of what the stadium costs in terms of their fee. That's eighty million quid. Mm. That's going to be now hemorrhaging. So they want to get it done. Levy's probably looking at it going. Well, you know, we've now got Wembley as a backup. They're um, all of their costs and all of the uh, um, uh, issues or damages that, that Spurs would have found from the stadium not being ready, ticket prices, the NFL games that we've just been talking about, you know, the, uh, renting out Wembley, that will all be being paid by Mace. Yeah. So I know it doesn't help Chris and, and the fans, and, and actually the people that do lose out here mm. are us fans. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, Chris, yeah. I'm in the same situation. I put a 1250 quid for my season ticket. I've actually got the pack. I haven't even bothered opening it, to be fair, but I've actually got the pack at home. Um, um, and uh, you know, I, I'm still down as block 209 in my head, but I know they've even changed the blocks out of where we are. I'm in the wall, by the way. Yeah, um, but I, I suppose you know it is it is annoying. But again, like what we say on fair, if I pay if I pay my electricity bill to one of the fantastic electricity suppliers that are out there or energy suppliers, and actually they're estimating my bill at the end of the year, if I've got a credit of them for 100 quid or 200 quid, they're going to drip feed that back into me. They're not going to pay it back, right? Mm. And it's the same as what Spurs are doing with season tickets. And we might not like it, but that's the way it is, I'm afraid. And, and on the back of that, just to let you know that uh, our pals at a spokesman said.com have seen a surge in people switching their energy bills. Make sure you're getting the best energy deal you can. Visit a spokesman said.com. Now, incredibly, nearly 60% of the population still doesn't shop around when it comes to their bills, you know. So visit a spokesman said.com now and save yourself hundreds and spend the money on yourself instead. That's a spokesman said.com. Wow. And we didn't plan that, I no, promise no. We just teed up you there, literally, <laughs> the, the, gold. Literally, bam, bam, bang. So, so just, just follow us up on my, kind of my little rant, I suppose. Look, we're all frustrated. Like we talked about mm. before, didn't we, Jamie, about being at Wembley or whatever. We, we are frustrated, but from a point of view of, and I'm sure we're talking about in, in the preview for Chelsea, Christian Eriksen keeps rearing the, you know, the story about is he going to sign. We're talking about we don't pay the wages, we don't pay the players. This stadium's absolutely critical in yet. our development and getting to become a superpower within European football. And, and actually, if we've got these key uh, KPIs that are not being met and we're get, and Mace are getting penalised for that, then that can only be a good thing for the club to come out of it because we're getting we're generating revenue from it. And it wouldn't surprise me, and this is total speculation, that the stadium might could have been ready earlier, but actually we're we're raking some money back. How, how, mu- how much does the stadium impact on bringing in the right players, recruiting properly, Pochettino picking from the cream of the European talent out there rather than that mid-level of player? And I'm going to ask this because because this question is twofold. The, the reason I ask this is because last night we had the West Ham fans. Obviously, you would have heard about their, their capacity going up from 60 yeah, to 66,000. You know, <laughs> it's ranging. Anyway, though. It's ranging. But I asked the West Ham <laughs> fan show, guys, what does that mean for uh, for Pellegrini? What does it mean for Golden Sullivan? What does it mean for their recruitment? And they were a bit like, oh, well, mm. I don't know. Well, look, I mean, okay, so I've done a bit of calculation on this, but this is real basic st- information, right? If if your average ticket is 60 quid, which it isn't because you've got all the hospitality, all this stuff, la, 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 but if it's 60 quid every single week, um, sorry, every other week, and you're selling out 62,000, you're bringing in 3.7 million every two weeks just in ticket sales. Mm. So it isn't like I saw on Twitter earlier, it's not chicken feed. Mm. Right? That is that is 70 million pounds a season. Clubs have said it means nothing. That's, that's 70 million. Clubs have said it means nothing. That's 70 million pounds. 
pounds a season just on the base but 20% price. 20% of the revenue, on, Just on the base price. But that is a lot of money that you can't... That is income that we're currently... We're getting half that income at White Hart Lane. Half. Mm, right? Yeah, because yeah. we ain't got that steam. So you half that. All of a sudden, you're now giving it... You know, uh, we, we don't have to pay the stadium off cash. Like, as soon as we get the money paid off, it's mortgaged. And, and they've got some very good uh, deals around that. So ultimately, that is extra revenue coming into the, the football club that we didn't have before, Jay. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's true. I mean, going back to the new signings, I think if you look, I think one big example would be Arsenal. Since they moved into the Emirates, have they actually signed? Have they really improved the players that they're bringing in? I mean, apart from maybe the likes of Sanchez and Özil, mm. they haven't really improved, and that's Arsenal. And I, oh, I, I hate to admit, they are they're they're a bigger club than us right now. Mm. But um, you know, defi- and they, and they, defi- because this is an argument so, that really irritates me. What you said, you know, defines I, big club. No, no, no. You know when you have. Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs, West Ham, all coming out going, we're the biggest club in London, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, Quite cool. What defines it? Is it our biggest stadium is? Is it nah. what you're outlaying on transfer fees? In in I my opinion, if you, if you look at players, if you look at clubs, and someone turns around to me and goes, he is the best in this class, and I'm going to go, yeah, because he's winning these trophies, he's mm. winning these accolades, yep. X, Y, Z. You know, and it's the same with clubs. In my opinion, it's all down to the trophies you win, and, and the fact that Arsenal haven't won a trophy since X, Y, Z, that Liverpool, I mean, look, you know, I always talk about Jürgen Klopp and Liverpool, people are going to say I'm a bitter mank. It's not a case of that. It's a case of the <laughs> fact that, you know, Jürgen Klopp has turned the Liverpool board around in the way they spend money. They've gone from a money ball way of thinking, where they're going and looking for cheap bargains like Balotelli and Aspas and Luis Alberto to spending £75 million on a defender, by the way, a defender who it looks like he's going to cure, you know, he's, he's going to bring world peace next because he can't do anything wrong, Virgil van Dijk. But what I'm trying to say is, in my opinion, they're still not doing it because they haven't won anything. Jurgen Klopp has spent and spent and spent and spent and spent. He failed in the Europa League final. He's failed in the Premier League and he failed in the Champions League fund. If people turn around to me and go, oh, you're a Man United fan and you know what, Mourinho is the same. Mate, I'll hold my hands up. But the difference is, when we went to the cup finals, bar the one against Chelsea, Mourinho failed then. Mourinho failed against Conte, but he won against, uh, uh, you know, in the, in the League Cup final against Southampton. He won the Europa League. Yeah, cool, lovely. He failed in the league though. But what I'm trying to say is, the definition of a, of a, of a club, of a person, of a player... Shouldn't it all be about achievement? Forget looking at stats and oh, he scored 75 goals in a season in Southern Division B and he's the best <laughs> least forward in that. I agree with no, you. No, it's about winning. But I think that's what we're getting the stadium for, isn't it, Jay? Bringing it back to the stadium. Yeah, I think the yeah. whole point of getting into that stadium is to attract the bigger players. Um, like we said before, I mean, Pochettino's come out and said that, you know, as a player, when you go and see the stadium, you'd be crazy to not think why you'd want to sign for yeah. Tottenham. But, this but, is but, our, this but, the why, whole point Why wouldn't people want to sign for West Ham? Well, this, is, this is the thing I don't <laughs> no, like. no, 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 no. Take, take your Tottenham hat off. Uh, Are you mean generally between I, the two clubs? Take your Tottenham hat off for yeah, a minute, yeah? Okay. Let, let's, let's have a, a well, discussion think, on a well, little. I think they did sign for West Ham. Anderson's a brilliant player, 42 million quid. They did sign Anderson, for him. Anderson, Yarmolenko. Are you saying now why a player would rather sign for Tottenham or vice versa? Why a player would rather sign? Really? Spurs consistently playing in the Champions League, consistently, you know, 
Pochettino always, as we've discussed on this show, seems to nurture players, get them in their international squads. They love playing for him. Spurs have got a heritage behind them. They've got a history behind them. What have West Ham ever won? Don't get me wrong. Spurs haven't won anything in recent years. But if you look at it as a player and you think, where am I more likely to win something? It's Tottenham every so single I'm, day I'm more week. than likely, uh, I'm, I'm more going to win something every 10 years rather than every 26 years or 25 years. No, but years. as a player... But what, what I'm trying to say yeah, is yeah. West, West Ham, and you know, I'm not defending them or anything mm. like that. You know, I prefer Milton. I was joking. Um, but, <laughs> them, you know... They've got a 60, 65,000 capacity stadium. They've got a border of plan in hundreds of million pounds now. Yeah. Spurs have got a, a ground which is what, 60, 62,000 capacity? Mm. Great. If we're looking at this, if this is a case of your ground versus my ground no, and my training facilities not. versus your training facilities and, and you know, X, Y, Z, look, West Ham, they, they've spent 100 million pounds. They're going to be angling for European competition, aren't they? They're going to be thinking themselves, you know what, 100 million pounds, we don't, we don't want to sit in 10th. We don't want to become another stoke. That couldn't even get past the first stage of the Europa League mm. at the start of the season. Yeah. Let's have it. Let's be honest about it. Not this season. I think you make a good point on the last West. season. I think season you make a good that. point on the West End. They didn't have investment then. They hadn't spent the money then. They've spent the money, but even with investment, it looks like they've gone backwards. As I, I disagree with that. I think I think Pellegrini was always going to have a tough start because mm. of of where he'd come from under Billich and Moyes and the fair. serious lack yeah. of investment they had then. And you've got to admit with West Ham. And you know, mate, I, I'd sit there, I'd talk about City, I'd talk about Liverpool. Mm. You know, and I, and I doff my cap to City and I doff my cap to Liverpool and say, yeah. you know what, they've invested well and they've done X Y Z. You've got to learn to praise, you know, your rivals. Oh, and listen, mate, I, yeah, I do. I despise yeah, yeah. them, but I learn to no, praise. Listen, them. I get what you're saying. But what, what I'm saying about West Ham mm. is, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. What I'm saying about West Ham is, you look at through Billich through the last season at uh, Upton Park. You know what, they were brilliant in the last season at mm. Upton Park. He That's managed right. to get out a, tu- yep. a tune out of Winston Reid oh, and Carroll yeah, yeah. and Lanzini and all these people. Pyatt. When they went to the new ground, they had a couple of issues. Granted. Billich lost the dressing room. They ended up bringing in David Moyes just to keep them afloat. And I think Pellegrini has taken on one of the most difficult jobs there. And one thing I'll say about Pellegrini, he's got pedigree. He's won the league. He's won the Premier League, mate. Yeah, but I, I don't... I don't. So, so, but, but this is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, uh, Ricky, I can see you going, what's he doing here? What's he doing here? What I want to know from <laughs> no, you no, is, no, no. If, if I'm a player, say I'm coming from um, PSV, Mm. Sam Herving Lozano, yeah, and I've got an offer from West Ham and from Spurs, and I've got a Premier League winning manager in Manuel Pe- in, in 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 Pellegrini. Yeah, turning around to me, going, "Come and join me. I'm going to build a squad. You know what? We might not challenge the Premier League, mm. but we're going to challenge the you know Europa League, minimum Europa League, and we're going to go for the Champions League. We've got a sixty thousand capacity stadium, sixty six thousand capacity stadium. The board will match their money. He'll do that. Or you've got Pochettino going." I don't know how many more I'm going to bring in. But it's not you just that. I think also with Lozano, as much as I love him, <laughs> as, much as, I, as much as I love him, you've got Harry Kane there. Lozano's going to want to come in and be a first-team player. Listen, I think the thing is, you look at the... Let's look at Using the Lozano for arguments. Let's sake. look at the facts. The fact of the matter is, you know, you come to Spurs, you guarantee, listen to the last, last couple of years, Champions League is a minimum. Yeah, you're guaranteed you're going to be part of your international squad as a minimum. Look at the way Pochettino yeah. manages his players, the way he nurtures them. The squad, the harmony's incredible. You look at Tottenham, it's like a family there. I think a player looks and takes that all into consideration, and I still think at the moment you still pick Spurs oh, over yeah. West Ham. I agree and I disagree, and I disagree because I think that the papers, and I think this isn't the fault of Spurs, it's not the, it's kind of the fault of Pochettino. I'm getting the sign to break, by the way. I really am getting the sign to break. So we'll break, we'll pick this up, okay. we'll pick this up, you know, because it's, it's very heated, it's very interesting, and we all need a Call off. Bitter. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. Love Sport. 558 AM.
let's cap off this little mini debate because I don't want you to be upset. I don't want anyone out there to be upset. Oh, Look, we could uh, never be upset with you, guys. We love you, know, you too You know much. what? We're here, we're here to, to generate debate. It's a forum for conversation. You know, we're football fans and we love our clubs, but at the end of the day, we've always got to look at what our rivals are doing. Mate, you know, don't get me wrong. It, it, it gives me grey hairs worrying about what, you know, my club are doing in comparison to other people around us. It gives me grey hairs because we, we're just standing still. And in fact, we're going backwards. But, you know, the fact we're talking about West Ham and it's it's only purely because of what's come out in the past two days about their ground, about how, you know, Karen Brady has come out and said XYZ about, um, you know, they're going to be attracting new players. They're going to be doing this, 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 this. And let's be fair. They were a shambles last year. An absolute shambles. The fans turned on the board uber quickly. But what's happened is they've the board have actually, you know, they've stuck to their guns. They've said, you know what, we're going to plough investment into the club. They've bought some decent players. You know, the the, the, the centre-half Diop, is it, it's a yep. Diop, yeah. looks like a decent enough signing. Mm. Oh, Balbuena looks half Aaron, decent. you know where I stand on Spurs needing investment. You know where I stand on that. You know, I've been... Over the summer, I know Jason's sick of me talking about it, but you know I've been the one saying this Spurs team need two or three world-class winning mentality yeah. players. Been there, done it. I mean, but Jay, yeah. go on. Well, we were saying at the break, we were saying um, one example is obviously Declan Rice. Now it's kind of coming out in the press that um, obviously he's having a bit of a dispute with his contract. Mm. So it kind of shows you, you know, maybe are they going to pay the wages and, you know, it, he's kind of attracted towards us. That, and that's one of their best uh, players, Jay, as well. Yeah, well one of the youngest players upcoming. Well, he's like one of the, you know, he's a huge fan's favourite. He's kind of like, not quite, but he's kind of like their Harry Kane. He's like you know, he's the guy mm. they all love. One of their right, and and you know, and they're struggling to keep hold of him. So I think that that would kind of be my response. You know, they can't, they, uh, can they keep hold of the player? I, like I, 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 I think they will. I, I think it's mm. again, it's another thing that's but, been bashed up. And and going back on a point that Lee made just before the break about, and I can't remember if it was actually Lee or Ricky who was talking about how you know there's a positive vibe around Spurs. You know. Let's be fair, Mauricio Pochettino's comments over the past two, three months haven't exactly been as sparkly as they were. No, but, yeah, and, and, and I'll say, it's not entirely his fault. It's the press's fault as well, because mm. the press are looking to, to mm. drum something up, especially are. the papers. They're, you know, I don't blame the last way. I know, I don't but the papers are looking to drum Aaron, something, You do feel Spurs, you feel up. like we're targeted a lot. I mean, Lee, we spoke about this when you walked in the door, yeah, like we always feel as Spurs fans. Even with Ericsson now, I mean, don't get me wrong, I know you have to put two and two together sometimes, but it is a concern, let's be honest about it, it's a concern Ericsson hasn't signed a new deal. He's come out and said at the moment, he's playing it down, but he said, you know, at the moment there's no further contract talks planned or yeah. scheduled, which is a worry because he's, as we said before, the heartbeats of this Tottenham team in the middle. Don't get me wrong, Harry Kane's a figurehead, but Ericsson's so important to this Tottenham team, isn't he? Yeah, well, the, the worst one is, um, is Mauricio Pochettino. Every time, you know, something happens like a guy leaves Real Madrid or... Poch, you know, he's, they're they're so quick to jump on him and um, say linking with another with another job. So yeah, it just shows you the press. Yeah, so I'm putting my it. scarf on because Aaron's got the aircon in that. It's utterly bolting. Do, do, do you know what the fa- funny thing about him is when it when he came in, he was like, get, get that aircon air on. I know, I get did. the air conditioning on. I think I, look, it is an interesting one. I, th- I think the the Ericsson for me is a. I, I'm probably being Mr. Naive. I think it's a non-story. I think at the end of the day, you know, the club managed got to sign a contract. Well. Got to sign um, a new contract. You know, the the Yang Vertonghen extension to 2020 went really under the radar. Mm-hmm. No one really spoke mm-hmm. about it, and you know, yet yeah, he's 
he's contracted um, uh, longer for for us now, or the the, the clause in his contract was uh, um, was was whatever activated. Activated is yeah. the word I'm looking for. Yeah, thanks, Rick. So uh, I think that's a long story for me. I, I think the the whole West Ham debate is actually a really good debate. I mean, you know, what, why would they go to to uh, the council tip versus uh, <laughs> the the amazing stadium we're just building? Uh, well, there's your answer, I think, on that. Um, and, and also in in terms of um, you know players coming through and so on and so forth any young player and this is my personal opinion so sorry if I um, if I offend anyone but any young player mm. that, that is coming through right now that actually wants to develop they need to go and play for probably two maybe three managers in the Premier League that's Mauricio Potticino Pep Guardiola or Jurgen Klopp because they are all proven all three of them utterly proven to develop and actually yeah, I might put Sarri in there as well now because to yeah, be fair yeah. I thought Ross Barkley wouldn't develop at Chelsea yeah. and he should have come at Spurs yeah. and I said that and actually he's he, th- he looks a very very good with, player with now Barkley, Sarri. I think he needed a change of scenery from Everton as well Everton it just seemed like you know the guys come back from injury and you know Fahad Mashiri turns up with, with a truckload of cash and goes right we're going to buy every single number 10 in sight Crazy. and you're in big trouble man. and, and we paid 50 you know, million and, for Gilfie well exactly yeah. they bought Gilfie they bought Davy Clarkson as well don't forget yeah, from yeah, he's gone as well. As they well, bought Wayne Rooney you know they bought all these players mm. and it was like to Ross Barkley well a bit of slap in the face well you yeah. know what mate you, it it was literally like they are playing Russian roulette in terms of his new contract as well yeah. but again, and, uh, and uh, he, uh, he's done very well that out whole man management going right back to the beginning of the show we talked about England we talked about Gareth and Ricky mentioned about Gareth and I think we said on air um, you know he's got him playing like a club football and that sort of thing that for me, I mean, we should have asked Neil to be fair because he's a, he's a ex-professional footballer. That's what players want. You talk about yeah. winning stuff, yes. Yeah. You talk about money. I, I get that. You know, that's a byproduct of being a footballer nowadays. Yeah. You you know, you're going to get money if you're a professional footballer in the Premier League. You're going to earn money. It's as simple as that. Whether it's ten grand a week or hundred ten grand a week or three hundred grand a week, it's, that's kind of buy the buy. You're going to earn the money. The reality of the situation is that you've got to be playing at a club or a surroundings that you're happy with. If you're happy at work. Yeah. You play better. Ross Barkley, for example, young players coming through, yep. they get opportunities. Mm. Um, and, you know, Gareth is a prime example of that, what he's done with England squad, Potticino, Pep, the manager that I've just mentioned. Yeah. That's why they will come. Managers like Pellegrino, Pellegrini, Pellegrino, <laughs> um, Pellegrini, managers like Pellegrini, managers like. Um, uh, dare I say, Jose Mourinho. Yeah. They want instant success, so they don't take a risk on young players, and that's why the whole Rashford debate is is reared its ugly head this week. Yeah. Because he plays better for England, does Man United. Yeah, no, very true, very true. Let's um, let's take a pause because we're going to get the opposition view next uh, from Nizar Kinsella from uh, from Goal dot com. Oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight is the number to call if you're struggling to get through. Drop us a tweet. Um, yeah, drop us a tweet and keep trying because we will get back to you 100%. Love Sport. The opposition view on Love Sport. Does exactly what it says on the tin. It's the opposition view on Love Sport Radio. Let's talk to Chelsea journalist for Goal.com, Nizar Kinsella. How are you, Nizar? I'm very good. Thanks for having me on, guys. No, Hi, thank you for coming Hi, on, pal. Thank you for coming on. Um, this is an interesting debate, and do you know what? I'm going to start off by talking about Ross Barkley. And one point that I didn't make to these chaps is that I personally feel that Ross Barkley has benefited from the elite mentality of Chelsea, the winning mentality of Chelsea, and it's turned him into somewhat of a better player. You know, Everton, he was overshadowed by, you know, their sheer recruitment that, you know, Davy Clarsen, Rooney, Gilfie Sigurdsson, that, all these players that they brought in yet at Chelsea. 
he's been shown you know this is how we do things here this is how we work and and this is the the, the sort of formula to winning and, and and that's how he's become a better player that's my opinion what's your thought yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. You know, he, you, you just imagine what it was like for Ross Barkley. Steps into the dressing room. Um, these guys don't really think much of it. It comes for fifteen million. Um, this, there was, you know, only uh, six months left on his deal in January when he came in. He wasn't even fully fit. He had a thigh injury. He comes in. He has to be totally humble. He comes into a dressing room. Antonio Conte is the manager. Eden Hazard is the star player. There's players like William, who are top internationals. Um, there's, there's all sorts of big characters all over that dressing room who've won a Champions League, a Premier League title. And here comes this guy who he needs to prove himself. He steps into this dressing room and, and he watches these guys be professional for six months, doesn't really do a lot, um, just gets himself fit. Uh, and, and they changed manager and he was like now now is this this is the time I need to make an impact I need to get hold of this guy I need to prove myself to him that I'm really good um, what's really impressed me is that he's been really methodical uh, worked on his fitness understood his teammates in the Antonio Conte phase you know he wasn't playing but He's, he's still built up sort of a level of understanding with the other players in training and all that, and he's spoken about that. And then over the summer, he gets a fitness coach in. He makes sure he does the work over the summer, watching England do really well. He's not been in, he's not been selected. A guy who was supposed to be England's wonder kid wasn't selected. Um, he's there training, uh, watching the games from home. Um, goes into pre-season having analysed Napoli, so he's ready to be Marek Hamsik for Maurizio Sarri. He, he sort of saw Jorginho be signed, he saw Kante as Alan, and he was like, I'm going to be Marek Hamsik, I'm going to be the goal-scoring midfielder, the one who gets assists, the one who can go box-to-box, -box, a great number eight. And uh, and that's exactly what he's done. Uh, I think it's been brilliant. Uh, he looks really physically fit, looks strong. Uh, Chelsea medical facilities are great. They, they have, uh, you know, the training ground at Chelsea, just like Tottenham, is world-class, and, and that's a step up from Everton. And, and I think that He's really, really done well, and and you know he's still not the main man, but he's he's sort of establishing himself as a spot there, and I think he's the the best guy to come into that midfield. I think he's he's better than Ruben Loftus Cheek, uh, more tactically aware at least, and then he's also uh, you know more of a goal threat and, and more clinical than Matteo Kovacic, who's big competition from Real Madrid on loan. Yeah, um, actually, I was going to ask about Mateo Kovacic. Obviously, a player Spurs were linked with. I think lots of Spurs fans would be quite interested to know kind of how he's how he's doing at Chelsea, how he's adapted to the Premier League, and kind of obviously that midfield three, how that's working, and how it's going to be impact on Saturday's match. Yeah, it's good. I think Kovacic is often the one that they bring in when they want to be more defensively sound. So he could be the one that plays against Tottenham. Uh, but he was injured for the England game. He, he wasn't in the squad for Croatia, so um, there's a slight there's a slight question mark on him. But I think he'll be fine. Um, but yeah, he's he's not pulled up any trees to be honest. He's 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 clearly a good player. He links up well. He's 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 very very tidy. Uh, you know, one twos. Very very clever footballer. Dribbles well. Um, but the the real issue is, and, and it's been an issue for Chelsea in general that he's not been able to impact upon is Chelsea often lack goals they're over reliant on Eden Hazard and, and they need somebody from midfield to chip in because they can't rely on Morata uh, and they can't rely on you know Pedro and Willian in every game to step up they don't they often don't do that it's rare that many teams yeah. have two wingers anyway that get big goals so they need a mid goal scoring midfielder and he's not doing that and, and that's a disappointment because Kante can't do that and Jorginho can't do that so the, the third one needs to be able to do that and that's the big question mark over him still. Nazir, obviously a massive, massive game on Saturday. 
this game itself, Tottenham-Chelsea, now obviously as everyone knows, Spurs' main rivals are Arsenal, but this particular fixture has become fierce, you know, year upon year as we've seen with Tottenham and Chelsea going head-to-head. How do you see it? Because as Jamie mentioned earlier in our show, you know, we've seen Spurs already lose the season to Liverpool and to Man City at Wembley. Therefore, I think the pressure's going to be on Spurs from the aspect of it's a big game, another big club coming to Wembley where Spurs, we really do need to put a performance in, I think, to kind of maintain this top four push, dare I even say, you know, keep on the coattails of Man City. How are you viewing it going into this one? What are you expecting from Tottenham? Yeah, I think Tottenham and Chelsea pretty much at the same sort of level. I think last season showed that. Actually, I would say Spurs were the best team in London last season. Um, I've been a mank covering the London derby, this London derby, the most exciting London derby, uh, ever since the Battle of Stamford Bridge. And <laughs> it's, it's always been brilliant. It's always been brilliant, hasn't it? And, uh, yeah, ending the 28-year run at Stamford Bridge last year, That's losing, it, yeah. uh, was brilliant for Spurs. Uh, I, I thought that was that was a great one. But, yeah, it, it seems like, I, I do feel like it, Chelsea will have lofty ambitions to win a title this season, to win the Premier League, and I'm sure Spurs do too. But, in reality, I think that, both clubs are not good enough to compete with Manchester City. I think Liverpool could, but I don't think they will win the league. Uh, so I think it, it, the top four is hugely competitive and it, it's going to be a massive game for that. And, and I think no longer do the top six uh, sort of laugh at each other and sneer at each other over a top four finish. Now it is actually seen as a trophy by the mo- most of the fans. They they really see it for what it is, which is a sort of huge prestigious thing. And... and there's just so much competition in this league. They're great teams, um, and I think that it's going to it's going to say a lot about where these two teams are are at to compete with Man City in the next not just six months, but you know, eighteen months, and and then also uh, you know, it's just the three points for the top four, which is which has got Man United and Arsenal involved as well. I think uh, Nazir, it's, uh, it's Leah, mate. How you doing? Um, I think um, uh, Sarri's done a fantastic job since he's come in to turn the the, the fortunes around of Chelsea of, of where you were under Conte. I know you won the uh, the title before uh, the season before, so against us, um, but ultimately you were kind of treading water to a certain degree lot last season. So to to, to come in and um, uh, stamp his authority on the team as quickly as he's done it, I think it's been very good. Where do you see the key battles on Saturday? What what do you see the key battles being? Is it is it a, you mentioned Hazard. I mean, I think you've scored nearly 2.6 goals or something like that, or nearly three goals a game so far, and you haven't lost yet, and only uh, and only drawn three or, or whatever it is. So you're you're very hard to beat, and you score goals. It's going to be a tough, tough game for us Tottenham lads. It's true. I think that playing against Tottenham will really focus Chelsea's minds as well. And uh, they have been a bit sloppy in certain games against lesser opposition, but against big opposition, they. They always relish the opportunity to play against the top teams, and and that will really focus any complacency. Because um, Chelsea are a real tight team, and like you said, Sarri's really got things going quickly. But Hazard is a star man, but it's really a team performance, especially from a defensive point of view. Like if one player doesn't do his job, it collapses, and that's why you often see like teams like Crystal Palace cause huge problems. Everton really cause problems. Um, stopping Jorginho, that's something that. Maurizio Pochettino will have to look at and and think, uh, you know, Everton put on, uh, Richarlison put in a really disciplined performance, which I don't think Harry Kane will do and and really stopped uh, stopped Jorginho playing. He dropped in deep and and sort of pressed him every time. And, And if you look at the sort of Chelsea stats, of all the games, he's the one who dictates the plays, a metronome, everything goes through him. So actually, um, Marco Silva said that they look to stop, somebody asked him in the press conference, uh, how did you stop Hazard today? And he went, 
uh, yeah, we, we did kind of like want to stop Hazard playing, but really the guy we were looking at was Jorginho. So that's mm, something that Spurs may look at. Uh, a Chelsea weakness, I'd say, is the pace in defence. Rudiger's quick, but the other three are quite slow. So if somebody like Deli Ali can find those runs in behind that sort of helps England uh, to sort of come back, I think he might be a really important player. He always does well against Chelsea anyway. He scored two goals in the in the last meeting. He so, will, yeah. Um, he will be important. I think. I Moore think with, with that, with that more, yeah, with more with that pace in behind, if we can do that, it's interesting to hear you say about the kind of pace in defence or lack of, uh, because we could potentially uh, exploit that definitely with Lucas. So yeah, there, definitely. Only worth to ask you then before we let you go. Uh, a prediction then from your end. What do you think going into this one? Well, I think it'd be a draw because uh, I, I think that you know I think the game against Liverpool is quite similar. Um, now Chelsea are going into these games in a similar style of play to Tottenham, whereas before it was a bit of a clash of styles, which was interesting too. But um, I think it would be like the Chelsea Liverpool game where it was like a lot of to and fro. Um, you know, it relies on moments of individual brilliance. Um, it'll be very very fast paced. I mean, you won't want to take your eyes off this game. So. Probably a 1-1 draw. Both teams have enough going forward, but I can't see them carving each other open again and again at the same time. It's going to be a fascinating battle, Nizar. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Nizar Kinsella of Goal.com. Uh, yeah, we're going to take some more of your calls and uh, some more of your tweets next on Offsport. It's all in the name. Love Sport Radio. Yeah, this is your West Ham United. I mean, uh, Tottenham Hotspur fans. <laughs> 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 nice one, nice one. Yeah. There you go. That's there brilliant. you go. Clips of the week. Um, <laughs> let's get the phones. Let's talk to uh, to Jace. I, I I fear what I'm going to hear because oh, this this guy's going to go for me. Hello, Jason. I've never heard so much rubbish being spouted by a presenter in my life. <laughs> <laughs> You're phoning up the wrong radio station, Governor. <laughs> I thought being in the studio with Lee McQueen dancing was bad enough, but I've heard it all now. Why would you choose Tottenham over West Ham? Dear, oh yeah. dear. No, I mean, I mean seriously, I, I think in, in terms of it, you, as a player, you, particularly, I mean, if you're looking at overseas players... You know, you, you'd be looking at what you can achieve now. And so, for me, if if the choice was perhaps between Tottenham and Chelsea, I'd totally understand why a player would, would choose Chelsea now because he probably will think, I've got more chance of winning a, a league title there in the next couple of years. But he'd look at Tottenham and he'd think, OK, they're, on the, they're close to winning things. They haven't done it, but I will still be playing Champions League football. And with West Ham, I'm not even sure I'd get Europa League football yet. <laughs> And, you know, there are Wolves and there are Everton and there are other clubs that will be challenging West Ham for their places. So I, th- I think that's what would matter to a player. If the two clubs were playing the same same type of salary, then, then of course you would choose Tottenham. But again, like I say, if the two clubs were playing the same salary and it was Chelsea or Tottenham, then you'd probably choose Chelsea. Hi, Jace. Rick, just want to ask you, just ahead of the, the Chelsea game at the weekend, obviously we had the news break today that the uh, the trio of Gazaniga... Foyth and Lamella aren't going to be back to the day before. Obviously, out of those players, you'd probably argue that 
Lamella's probably going to prominently feature in that game for if may play depending obviously on the fitness of Sanchez is that a concern for you going into this one Saturday? Uh, well if you say I presume it'll be Sanchez and, and Toby anyway although mm. Toby's coming off the back of conceding five that's, that's so it isn't it yeah. you know, <laughs> he's like, and I'm not sure when, when uh, Colombia have been playing in this in this break, with a Colombia oh, only what, what, with, with most of San- South American games are yeah, wins, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. well, obviously yeah. I don't, we don't know anything about Davinson Sanchez just yet. Not yet. But no, I'm sure we'll hear something about him yeah. in the press conference. Yeah, press conference, aren't we? But the, the big thing is that Foyt, Foyt, um, the guy, the, the Argentina manager, has already announced who's going to play. Foyt's not playing, so there is p- possibility that okay. um, is that game tonight? Is it? It's uh, yeah, early early hours of this morning. So yeah, it could be interesting to see whether Foyt plays. Let's get him on a jet plane now, boys. Come yeah, on, exactly, bring exactly. him home. So I'm going to need but, him. Yeah, Jake. We've only got Chelsea, so does it matter? Who's <laughs> <playing>? <laughs> true, mate. True. I was going to ask you quickly on the uh, Jason Lee. Obviously, I was going to ask you um, on uh, on on the Chelsea game. What 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 do you think? Lessons learned. It's always a dark game now in terms of you know two teams going at each other what, what do you think we've learned over the last couple of seasons and how to approach this game well, well as you say for me it's the the ultimate game for, for this Tottenham side because I agree. you know when you, when you look at Arsenal it's, it's the big rivalry with fans but I mean Chelsea have beaten this side in a cup final they were the side that yeah. officially stopped this team winning the league yeah. the following year we chased and it was Chelsea that picked us to the line even last year they knocked us out of a semi-final mm. and they were the first team to win at Wembley so I think for this group the Chelsea game is is probably their their toughest fixture they have and it's it's the one that, that I think the players will get right up for but, but Chelsea are the, for me you know I give them grudging respects I've always said they're, they're the ultimate in English football for me they're the ultimate game craft side they know they know how to kill a game. They know how to control the tempo of a game. And even though that, that Terry, Drogba, Cole, Lampard era has gone, the players like Hazard and William and Pedro, they know just how to wind you up. They know how to, to, to infuriate you. So, I mean, we, we saw a bit of learning at Stamford Bridge last year, but it's continued learning you've got to do. And I think Chelsea press buttons on Tottenham that, that no other side do. Mm, interesting. So it's going to be a what four five nil win to Spurs then? Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? It would um, be. We really would. I might be if I was really pushed at the moment. I might fancy it to be a one one or a two two draw mm, mm, because mm. Um, I mean, they're still unbeaten, aren't they? And, and like I say, I think I think they're the toughest test that, that Tottenham face every season. Yeah, certainly is. Jace, you've been brilliant as ever. Thank you very much for giving us a call this evening. Look forward to uh, having you back in the studio where I'm no doubt you'll probably attack me somewhat. But, uh, yeah, it's been Cheers, uh, it's been a very, Cheers, very Jake. good show. Chaps, um, how do we see it going? How do you see Poch lining up? Ooh, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a tasty old game. I think I think Lamella is one of the players of the season mm. so far for us. And I think start just, for me, if, he, but, if he's fit but, enough but, to start. But I'm worried about this whole flight thing and coming back. Oh, it's yeah. quite interesting that Nizar talked about kind of they're not very pacey at the back. I think uh, with Moore coming in on that, uh, yep. you know, maybe getting in behind, like almost like the whole Man United scenario. Um, I'm not sure whether Son, if anyone can help me, has uh, been on international duty. No, 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 Sonny's all right. So Sonny's yeah, Sonny's fit. So. That, sorry, they, they well basically on Sun they agreed a deal that he didn't go away. So Amazing. So let's let's go, let's go for some score predictions. 
Four nil Spurs. <laughs> oh, Ricky, sack. Uh, more realistic. Two one, two one Spurs. Uh, I, I think we're gonna take their unbeaten record, and I think it's gonna be two, two one Tottenham. I'm gonna say I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Come on, you Spurs. I'm, I'm, Let's take this down I'm, at Wembley. Come on. I'm gonna take it back ten years and finish this show off. How uh, how Lee used to finish off any deal on The Apprentice. <laughs> this is the Tottenham Hotspur fan show on Love Sport. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Five five eight AM. Love sport. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.